0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So the contenders show up in the ring and people fill the stands. To watch two guys begin to throw bombs at one another in a test of what is uh, th- this, this contest of strength and strategy. But there's a part of the fight that starts way before the, the fighters ever enter the ring. It, it, it starts like this. It, the lights begin to dim. The sound begins to swell, surrounded by their training partners and their coaches. They begin to make their way out of the bowels of the Colosseum, up the tunnels, and all of a sudden, they can hear it, the crowd, the noise begins to swell, and it's because something is happening in the arena. What is happening in the arena is that they are marching out to their walkout music. It's the song that the fighter has chosen to make his way to the ring. And a lot of times the fighter will begin to bob and weave to the beat of the music and they fix their stare straight ahead. It is the fighter's fight song. It's their fight song song. Not yet, I'll give it to you. Not yet, not now, no, don't, don't mess me up now. It's it's intended to motivate. It's intended to intimidate. The, the greatest of all times was the one that figured it out first. It was Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was entering the ring to fight a guy by the name of Ernie Shavers. And he figured out that you could use a fight song to set the, the stage for your battle, for your victory. And so, out of the depths of the bowels, here comes Ali Ba and weaving to the majestic sound of the Star Wars theme. Yeah, that's how it started. But so all all of a sudden he comes out and and he wins the victory, right? But the other fighters begin to figure out that maybe Ali was onto something. So uh, in 1988, Michael Spinks stands in the ring with a record of 31 and 0. He is the heavyweight champion of the world. But something happens. Out of the tunnel comes this sound. There's a young fighter that's approaching the ring by the name of Iron Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson has figured out the impact of his fight song. And so what he does is he contracts with uh, uh, this guy that's got this nightmarish experimental music. And out of the, out of the speakers comes this, this noise-filled, weird music with chains rattling in the background. You need to go back and watch it. Because what happens is here's Michael Spinks standing in the ring, undefeated, 31-0. And all of a sudden this music starts... And about a minute into the music, you can literally see Michael Spinks begin to tremble in his shorts. He would later say, I was filled with fear. 91 seconds later, he wakes up from an induced nap that Michael Tyson imposed upon him and is no longer the world champion. All because it starts with a... Fight song, but perhaps the best example of the impact of a song connected to boxing wasn't even real. But it, but it sounds something like this. It just makes me want to just like get some gloves. I don't know. I just gotta. I gotta. You gotta yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is what it does. Isn't it? song. It's just music. It's just, it doesn't even have any words. It's just, but the first note, the first note, we want, we want to go to war, right? Here's the deal. Long before these boxers ever figured this out, these, before Ollie recognized it, before modern day uh, fighters have figured it out, long before that, God knew that our fight song was important. In fact, all you need to do is, to, before we read today's text, all you got to do is you got to read like you can back up into Exodus and you discover that after a battle, Miriam, she straps on her electric harp. I don't, I don't know. Uh, some of you will get that later. Uh, and begins to sing a fight song. You can fast forward into the New Testament, into the book of Acts, and uh, Pastor Drew uh, mentioned it last week. Paul and Silas, they, they figured out there's a fight song. But, but, but perhaps the one account that best outlines the importance and the necessity of using praise in a fight can be found here. 2 Chronicles, join me there. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Listen to what it says, beginning in verse one. Sometime later, later the Moabites and the Amunites, Ammonites, accompanied by the Meunites, good gracious, and, uh, joined forces to make war on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat received this intelligence report. A huge force is on its way from beyond the Dead Sea to fight you. There's no time to waste. They're already at Hazazon, how do you say that, Hazazon, Tamar, the oasis of Ian Getty. Shaken, Jehoshaphat prayed. He went to God for help, and he ordered a nationwide fast. So I'll just fast forward just a moment. They pray and they fast and a prophetic word comes to Jehoshaphat the king and to the people that God will fight for them and they won't have to lift a hand think about just what just what happened okay now fast forward verse 21 after talking it over with the people Jehoshaphat anointed or appointed a choir for God dressed in holy robes and they were to march ahead of the troops singing give thanks to God his love never quits your love never fails it never gives up, it never runs out y'all does that sound for okay some of y'all been around here we've sung, we sing this song we just juiced it up Right? We just pepped it up. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Okay, y'all just think we're just in here singing stuff? So they sing, give thanks to God. His love never quits. And as soon as they started shouting and praising, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah, and they all ended up dead. And the Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Then, further confused, they went at each other and all ended up killed. Just because they had a fight zone. See, last week I asked you if uh, maybe maybe you could fix the fight in you, because some of y'all don't have much of a fight. And I'm trying to get you to fix the fight in you. Uh, before you can win you got to fix the fight in you but my second question to you this morning is this do you have a fight song you need a fight song Uh, before we get into the part about the the, the, this fight song let me just mention something to you a couple things I want to first mention that the king gets word that the enemy is close I went and looked it up 91 miles Ninety-one miles was how far they were away from the capital city of Jerusalem. When the king gets the word, they're moving in. Ninety-one miles. The enemy is inside the boundaries of the kingdom. Ninety-one miles away. And the Bible says that the king got word and became concerned before I talk to you about your fight song, can I just mention to you that some of you have allowed the enemy to get really far inside the boundaries of the kingdom of God in your life and you don't seem to be too concerned and you don't seem to be too worried. Now, I I just want to remind you that they're 91 miles away and King Jehoshaphat gets concerned. He gets concerned. We ought to become concerned when the enemy has moved inside territory that's supposed to belong to God. We're not quite overtaken. We're not completely in bondage. We're not completely addicted. We're not completely broken, but the enemy has walked into the outskirts, the outlying territory. We ought to be concerned a little bit. I just need somebody here today to wake up and realize you're not supposed to give up one inch. You're not supposed to give up one centimeter. You're not supposed to give up one millimeter. You're not supposed to give in to the enemy in any area of your life. Why are you satisfied with the enemy 91 miles away? You ought to be a little bit concerned. You ought to get suddenly come, be, something ought to rise up in you and say, not today, devil, not today. That's territory that belongs to the king. Not today, devil. That's not yours to have. There ought to be a fight that rises up in you. You need to have a fight that rises up in you. Anytime you see the enemy approaching and in invading territory that was assigned to you by God, something ought to happen in you. Something ought to rise up in you. You should prepare. I, I, I yelled at Drew, come on, let's posture for battle. We, when, when the enemy walks into our territory, we, we ought to bow up. Anybody know that terminology? We ought to stink and bow up on the devil. We ought to throw our, we ought to get into a stance and get a little bounce and a weave and get positioned so that when he walks into our territory, we, we go, come on, sucker. Come on, come on. Get a little bit close. Deal with my, bump my kids just a little bit hard. Mess with my marriage just a little bit more. Try to tempt me just a little bit longer. You ought to posture for war as soon as you get word that he's invaded the territory. I also want you to notice that the the, the combined forces of the enemy, not just one enemy, are coming for the tribe of Judah. They are ganging up on them. If there was ever a day, this is the day. This is the season. Can Can I just clue you in a little bit this morning? The enemy is an old dog with very few new tricks. He just keeps doing the same stuff over and over again. And the account that I read to you says that the enemy joins forces. Why do you think every time the enemy comes against you that he shows up with more than just one thing? It's never just sickness. It's sickness and a big bill. It's never just sickness and a big bill. It's sickness, a big bill, and a family member that's upset at you. A boss that's upset at you. A co-worker that used to be your best friend now stabs you in the back. It's never just one enemy. It's never just a virus. It's a virus and social unrest. It's never just a virus and social unrest. It's a virus and social unrest and political upheaval. It's never just one thing the enemy has figured out. He's an old dog with a new trick. He always gangs up on us. Blow after blow. He's combining forces in hope that he will, that we will tuck tail and run. I want you to notice the effect. The effect is this, the leader, the appointed one, the anointed one, the mighty one, the Bible says, is afraid. Go back and read it for yourself. Jehoshaphat gets scared. I want you to notice the effect today. People trained for a day like this, people that have been equipped, most of y'all, not all of you, but most of y'all been sitting in some church somewhere for the last 45 years of your life, 30 years of your life, 20 years of your life, 10 years of your life, you have been equipped for a day like this. Your hands have been trained for war. You've listened to sermon after sermon after sermon. You've gone to Sunday school class after Sunday school class to after Sunday school class. You've listened to podcast after podcast after podcast. You've read, you've read quote after quote after quote on Facebook. You've read book after book after book. If there was ever a day you were prepared for, you were prepared for a day like this. But notice the effect. The effect is, is all I hear is that people of faith, people of promise, people of power are afraid. We're we're scared. We're uncertain. The intended effect is exactly the same. The enemy gangs up on us to frighten us. But for all that Jehoshaphat got wrong, I want you to notice what this trembling king got right. Because it says that he was afraid, but I want you to notice what does what he does. It says he prays and he fasts. Oh, okay. So 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 I wonder if the reason that some of us continue to operate in defeat rather than victory is that because of instead instead of increasing prayer and fasting, we increase Facebook. I wonder if some of us would go back and do what this trembling king did and fall on our knees and skip some meals and log off social media just long enough to consult the one that is inside of us. I wonder if maybe at that moment we would be able to strap the gloves back on and step back into the ring and and war and battle and win victories that we are assigned to win if we would just do what he did. See, I I need you to understand something. I, I I need you to understand that these accounts, they are not just for fun reading. This is a fun story to read, but they're not just for just for fun reading. I, I submit to you that they are strategic manuals. They 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 are manuals that still work today. Uh, they 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 are war documents for us. And I want you to hear me this morning. I recognize that the armies are amassed against us right now, but we have a war manual to go off of. The strategies that worked in that day will work in this day. What worked for Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel will work for the people of passion if we will just follow the outline. I got to move. I got to move. And so since we're talking about strategies, let me just say these are strategies that work. And if we'll we'll follow the same strategies, we win. So so these people discover some things that we need to know. Number one, they discovered this. Worship is warfare. Suddenly, King Jehoshaphat made a discovery. I don't know where the revelation came from other than a word from God. All I know is is that they figured it out. Worship is warfare. See, some of us treat worship like it's what we do as a warm-up. Before preaching. It's just something we gotta endure. I'm gonna stick some stuff in my ears. I'm gonna stand here and watch them do it till they get done so I can hear the word. It's just a warm up. It's just the it's just the pre show before the main event. Okay. Uh, the king puts the worshipers out front. They lead the way into battle against an overwhelming army because they recognize that worship is warfare. This is not a warm-up. This isn't entertainment. This is not a talent show. Did you hear the, the rip, the riff on the guitar that the guitar player played? Did you hear the note? the singer's song? Really? This is not America's Got Talent. This is not American Idol. This is not The Voice. This is warfare. Sunday worship should never even be the first day of our worship. I will. Worship. Sunday should never be the first day of worship for us this week. Unless you think Sunday's the first day of the week. Which I guess it may be. <laughs> Depends on which calendar you're using. Instead, it should be the culmination of an entire week of warring in worship. That's why the worship team and I are pulling on you to increase the level of worship. The only time that we come into this house where we feel like we have to pump you and prime you and get you warmed up and get you locked in, is when that happens, and it happens, is simply an indication that you haven't been worshiping all week. When we gather, let me tell you what should happen in here. I just want to tell you what should be happening in this house. Can, can I just tell you what should be happening every Sunday when we get together? Can I tell you what I, uh, my expectation is, what my worship, this worship team's expectation is, what God's expectation is? Can I just tell you, I just want to tell you that when we gather, there should be this fortified, forceful, built up wave of worshiping, Already flowing out of us, so that it does two things. Number one, it spills over on the people that weren't ready for worship, and they can't even help themselves. They intended to come in here and stand like a rick of wood, and never move, and never get involved. And all of a sudden, somebody next to them's going crazy, and they're like, Whoa, I kind of like this. I think I got me a little bounce now too. I think I'm. I, man, I came in here discouraged, but now I feel all. I feel all right. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going." on I didn't have a song when I got in here but when we fortify our worship together it spills over on people but it does something else too it also spills over on our enemy and all of a sudden, it should have this effect on the devil, like Mike Tyson's walkout music affected Michael Spinks. It ought to make him nervous. He ought to tremble just a little bit. Oh shoot! It's Sunday morning, and Passion people are going to gather, and they've been working, uh, they've been warring in worship all week long, and now they're going to come and combine their worship. What in the world am I going to do? I hate Sundays. I wish it would never be Sunday. I'm going to try to keep them in bed on Sunday. I'm going to try to keep them discouraged on Sunday because if they ever get their worship together, he starts shaking in his boots. See, I need to tell you some things this morning. I need you to understand that worship is the haymaker that the enemy never sees coming. Let me say it like this. Our, our praise literally confuses our enemy. That's what happened in this account. Our praise, I'm going to say it again, our praise literally confuses our enemy. You say, why? Because he tried to knock the song out of you all week long. So then when we gather and worship begins to fortify and swell and come up out of this place, it confuses him because he's, he's like, wait a minute, I can't figure out how they can still sing. I've been attacking them all week. I can't figure out how that person that's been knocked, has, has been knocked down and been beaten up and gotten that kind of report can still have a shout down inside of them. How does that happen? I don't understand how somebody that's received knockout blow after knockout blow all week and the armies have amassed against you and blow after blow, but they come in here and all of a sudden there's a dance that comes on their feet and they can't help themselves. And how does that, I can't understand that, that confuses the enemy. He can't figure out. It confu- he doesn't expect those of us who've been intimidated and, and are fearful to be able to muster the strength to sing. He doesn't, he doesn't expect those who have been pummeled by problems all week long to be able to fight back with a shout. He does not expect those people that, who, who have encountered this deluge of disappointment and, and, and teachers to be able to dance. Our worship is literally an ambush on our enemy. We, we gather and we open our mouth and we ambush the enemy. What, what, what you thought would silence us, devil, you don't understand. It only incenses us to worship harder. Uh, De- De- devil what, what you thought was a gut punch and would take the wind out of us only causes us to dig deeper and worship more because worship strikes a devastating blow to the enemy it is our fight song our, see you need to understand I'm just trying to help you this morning our enemy has learned to, to, to weaponize fear Our enemy has discovered how to weaponize sickness. Our enemy has learned to weaponize strife and I am saying prophetically to you as the people of passion that the day has come where we must learn how to weaponize our worship so that now we refuse to come in here and sing some cute songs with a cool beat although I hope they have a cool beat I'm not here to sing a cute song that has a cool beat I'm here to weaponize my worship while I'm worshiping I'm sharpening my sword While I'm worshiping, I'm getting my spear ready. While I'm worshiping, I'm weaponizing my worship so that I can attack the enemy before me. Don't don't you show up here and go through the motions. How dare you? How dare you stay, walk in this room on a Sunday morning and put your hands down to your side and refuse to participate? How dare you set on your praise? How dare you set on your shout? How dare you set on your dance? We are called to weaponize our worship. I even want to challenge you this morning to quit going and getting in your car on Monday and putting praise and worship on in the background just to get to point A to point B and never even even realize that what you're supposed to be doing is putting praise and worship on and weaponizing that thing. Get it down in your spirit. Get it down in your soul because the enemy's going to show up at your job. He doesn't just show up at Passion on Sunday. He shows up at Hobby Lobby and at Dale and at Piedmont School System and at wherever you are, Bridge Creek School System and at your insurance agency and at the bank and at McDonald's. He shows up at your work and praise and worship that you just played in the background and didn't Institute. It was your time to learn to weaponize your worship. Participate. Don't become a worship critic. Well, they were on it today. Boy, they stunk it up today. They missed a note. They missed it. Did you hear how off they were? Y'all think they're off? I got some Facebook I need you to watch. Mm, painful. My ears are bleeding. Quit being a worship critic. Quit being a worship spectator. Wait in. Worship like your family depends on it. Worship like your kids depend on Worship like your kids are watching you. Worship like, like your life, your future depends on the song that's coming out of you. I got to hurry. Let Let me tell you this morning that we've got to position praise properly. The king sends the praise team out first in front of the fighting men, in front of the chariots, in front of the horses. We need to learn to praise before battle, not just after battle. Some of y'all really good coming in here worshiping when God paid your bills. Some of y'all great about worshiping when God healed you. Some of y'all great about worshiping when that relationship that was about to fall apart has been restored. But where are my worshipers at that have got praise positioned properly? That will worship before all of that happens. That will get the praise out front. That will battle first. Send Judah up first. Why? People who have a fight song have learned that prior victories were proving ground. The reason I can praise first is we worship before battles because it helps us to fight present battles with confidence, knowing that God has already proven himself. I don't have to wait until I get the victory to worship because I've seen him prove himself before. I don't have to wait to get healed before I worship him because I've already proven that he's a healer. I don't have to worship before he come, comes through in my bank account uh, because I've already seen him prove the fact that he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I don't have to worship him before the chaos stops at work because I've already discovered that he is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. I don't have have to wait to worship him i can worship him before battle before battle He's, see we worship before battle because it forces us to realign our trust we trust him we worship before battle because it forces us to oh, you already hit it it forces us to get our perspective right that's what worship does that's why that's why we need to If you don't worship before battle, you'll look and go, Whoa, man, this is bad. There's stuff, man, there's, there's armies amassed against me. There, there, there's like multiple. Like I'm, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm disgusted, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I don't like what's happening. And our perspective gets all messed up. Are we supposed to focus on our enemies, on the gathering army of our enemies? No. Our attention is reserved and fixed on the one, the undefeated one, the mighty one, the one who is great in power. That's why we say, we say like this out of scripture sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. Proving ground. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. In other words, our worship forces us to fix our perspective. Worship forces us to elevate the spirit over our sight. I just need to tell you, we don't need to wait to sing until we we see. We need need to sing until we see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, We don't wait until we see the jail cell open. We worship until the jail cells are open. Yeah, yeah, prison can't contain our praise. Pain can't control our praise. People don't control our praise. We worship and fix our attention on God. Chains can't silence me. They only cause me to sing louder. We worship before battle because it forces us to surrender. Whoa, 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 wait just a minute. I thought we were talking about like victory and stuff. Now you want to talk about victory, surrender? What are you talking about? Can I just tell you this morning that when we worship, we begin to beat our body and our emotions into submission. When I worship, my will has to submit. Can I can I just can I ask you some questions? I know y'all don't get distracted. They're just coming to to just prepare for battle. All right, they're, they're strapping on some 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 armor. They're getting some some weapons. All right. They, they, but can I ask you some questions? Can I ask you this this morning? Have you ever showed up at church and you don't feel like worshiping? Don't everybody raise your hands at once because I'm about to raise my hand. Yeah yeah yeah. Like uh, Esther just raised her hand. I saw it's because she rides with Danny, so I know when I'm giving him a hard time back there. I couldn't I couldn't resist Danny. Sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll get pay, I'll get paid back later. But I, I got the mic. So, uh, so, so, so. Can, 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 have you ever Have you ever felt like just like curling up in the fetal position and giving up? Felt so beat up. to be here i don't want to worship i don't feel like worshiping but when we learn to worship before battle we learn to surrender how we feel our emotions our will our body We, we we submit it all to god and all of a sudden even when I don't feel like it, and I come in and say, God, I don't feel like singing this song. In fact, I hate this song. I wish they'd sing that other song. I don't like this song. I just, I just set this one out. We used Oh, man, I'm about to get myself in trouble. We were at this church. I won't tell you where, but it was in North Carolina. Okay, uh, uh, the, we, we worked at this church, and we had this organ player on a 20, how much did that thing cost? $26,000 more than I made as the youth pastor, I can tell you, because I was not happy about it. And if she didn't like a song, she just would set that one out. gonna sing one of those off-the-wall songs? That's what she called the ones that were up on the screens. Because you can only sing out of the book, you know. You gonna sing one of those off the off-the-wall songs? I just won't play on this one. Ever felt like that? If y'all sing that one? I ain't singing. We worship because it forces us to surrender. Because it's not about the beat. It's not even about the tune. It's our fight song. You can't fight my fight song. Okay, I'm done. I'm a, I, but I got to take you. I got to take you one place. I got to take you to Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, there's this trial going on. Stephen, he's got a cool name. Coolest name in the whole Bible. Stephen's on trial because he's been preaching Jesus the religious leaders are angry I don't know if you've read Acts chapter 7 lately I went back this week and read the whole thing dog just one time just one time in my life Jesus please one time let me preach like he did on that day that joker stood up and started in Genesis and came all the way down through the end it's incredible with no notes no iPad because he's getting old and losing his memory just stood up and just off the cuff under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit just starts, boom, boom, boom. He is landing blows. And he comes to this point where he makes this declaration to these religious leaders. You've always mistreated the prophets badly. Another verse says, you've always killed the prophets that God sends to you. They get ticked off. It'd be like me coming to you and say, you always sleep through the great worship we have the Passion." You always discount the word that came from the scrawny little dude up front because you don't think he knows what he's talking about. You don't like him. He confronts them says, you always treat the prophets badly. They get angry. This is what it says. It says, they get so angry that they begin to pick up stones to kill him. And I want you to see what happens. It says, at that point, they went wild. A rioting mob of catcalls and whistles and infective, but but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, hardly noticed, check this out, because he only had eyes for God. He only had eyes, means his perspective was fixed. Okay, stay with me whom he saw in all of his glory with Jesus standing at his side. He said, oh, I see heaven wide open and the Son of Man standing at God's right side. Another version says it this way. He fixed his gaze into the heavenly realm and saw the glory and the splendor of God and Jesus who stood up at the right hand of God. You know what? I went back and I looked up the definition of worship and it's simply this to be filled with awe or to show reverence so may I submit to you I'm, I, I don't think I'm stretching scripture I don't ever want script, to stretch scripture if I do you you come and correct me I, we'll, we'll work it out after I hit you in your face never mind not really I'm just playing if I stretch scripture you come talk to me we'll work it out and I'll admit I'm wrong but I believe that what is taking place is that Stephen is singing a fight song you say wait a minute never says he sung I know there's no music playing I recognize that there's no soundtrack I get it there's no organ even a good one like a Hammond B3 there's there's no drums playing there's no wailing guitar there's no harp being strung but I think Stephen definition of worship is to stand in awe or in reverence I think Stephen had learned to weaponize his worship you say how? you can't do that okay let me ask you a question how does a guy stand and not even notice that he's getting hit with rocks We're going to illustrate this. I need a volunteer. The reason some of you notice that people are bad-mouthing you is because you haven't weaponized your worship. The reason that some of you notice the little hit there and the little punch there is because you haven't learned to weaponize your worship. Your gaze has not become fixed. And here he is... And it wasn't that he wasn't fighting back. It says that he stood there and let them, he st- kneels and finally kneels and they stone him t- to death, like, you know, like dead, dead. It's not that he wasn't fighting back, it, it was that he was fighting right. So I think, let me, let me just, just, just humor me just a moment. I, I, I just got this idea. I just got, I just got this idea of what happens here. I just think, I think Jesus is, uh, oh, by the way, can I just tell you, can I tell you, can I tell you scripture? Can I, the gospel state that Jesus said that when he would descend to heaven, he would take his seat at the right hand of the father. And he would make intercession for us. Then I went and discovered that not only the Gospels, but also in Romans and in Colossians and in Hebrews and in Ephesians, they all attested the fact that when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, they saw him seated at the right hand of the Father. And I just got this in my mind. I just think Jesus is kicked back at the right hand of the Father, and the angels are spinning around the throne going, holy, 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 singing worship all day long, all night long to the King of Kings and the Father, the Mighty One, the the, the Holy One. Holy, holy, holy. And I think Jesus is seated right there next to the Father, listening to the incredible concert. It must have been from the 80s. The, the incredible concert that the Father is being pleased and blessed by. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I think he just says, Wait, whoa, whoa. Shh, hang on just a second, angels. I think I hear something. Wait just a minute. I, I thought I heard something else. I thought, let me see. Just let me let me, let me lean in see, see. No, no, I must have been mistaken. Just go back to it. We're, holy, holy, holy. Got to have an electric guitar too." It. Holy, me, 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 me. holy, 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 holy. A little bit of Hammond B3 behind. So Fred Hammond's going, holy, holy, holy. And I just see Jesus going, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, I think I heard it. I, I, think, just, just hold it, just a second. I think, I think. I, and he begins to lean up, and then he, then he goes, oh, there it is. I, I was right. I, I, I'm hearing something a little bit different. I, am hearing. Uh, th- 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 that's right, Father. Do you hear it? I hear it. I, I hear that. That I was right. I hear a fight song. I hear a guy. In a battle that he knows he can't win by himself, but he's he's in worship and he's praising and he's glorifying God, and so much so that he's even not even noticing the fact that we're throwing rocks at him. And Jesus just keeps scooting up. On the I thought I heard that. I thought I heard that. I woke I thought I heard the sound. I, I thought I heard something. But oh, Father, by the way, I'm supposed to be seated at your right hand, but doggone it, on a day like this, I gotta stand up and get closer so I and hear Stephen's fight song and hear what he's singing and hear what he... Do I have anybody in the house that has got a fight song in them, such a strong fight song in them that Jesus himself has to stand up and listen and lean in and say, I will rally to that. I will respond to that. I will make my way to that. I will listen to that. The reason some of you keep wallowing in defeat is because you don't have a fight song. The reason that some of you wonder where Jesus is at, I've been crying and praying and asking, and he's not showing up, is simply because he's still seated at the right hand. You haven't got a fight song strong enough to cause him to get up out of his seat and rescue you and respond to you. And I am just challenging you this morning as the people of passion to get yourself a fight song and weaponize your worship and quit coming in here playing games and quit waiting on somebody else to lead you let's fortify our worship come on come on come on come on come on would you get a fight song in you you it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.